So you want to rock an aesthetics career? <laughs> yes, please. Welcome to a brand new episode of Illuminating the Path, where you'll get your weekly shot of real career direction. And maybe a little tea. I'm Patty. Marissa here. Coming straight to you from the world's beauty mecca. LA, baby. Illuminating the Path starts now. Let's go. Oh, Welcome back to another episode of Illuminating the Path. Advocate for our nursing teams out there, medical teams that are looking to work in this amazing med spa space that we all get to play with every day. And um, one of my biggest excitement factors is when I get to collaborate and work with folks that are very seasoned and know their stuff. And today we're going to be covering a lot of that know-how, but also with a little bit of that trepidatious kind of feeling because. Um, you know, we kind of get in the weeds with this injectable stuff. So we're going to cover a little bit about the drama. It's all about drama today and how we navigate it as folks in this space. As always, always excited to work with our lovely nurse, Marissa. Welcome back, Marissa. Hi, hi, hi. So we've got a lot to talk about, right? Yes. <laughs> we had, um, so just to get some context and, you know, someday I think we'll probably look back and totally laugh about it. Right now, it's probably still, the wounds are still a little bit fresh because we're like, what the hell? What, what? We're just like, there's times when you work with people that you really like, love, feel very good about, but that you have moments of like, oh, what the fuck is happening right now? It's like, we're just not on the same page. We're trying to figure things out. And so we had a little bit of that recently. Um, and we'll go through some of the ways that we kind of teased it out and so on. Um, but even more important is how we have evolved from that. And, and Marissa is going to share some stories about how she has actually even started to kind of build on her awareness on different techniques and so on. We're specifically talking about injectables. Um, so just to give a little bit of um, context to the story, we, we set up, you know, regular injectable trainings at the office either in Houston or in Santa Monica um, for our up and coming RNs, junior, junior injector um, hopefuls to learn and get technique down and so on. And this particular day I was filming and um, I think that we were trying to get some tutorials out of it and so on. And I not ever really thinking, you know what I'm saying? I'm very brash and I, I kind of own that. I, I kind of just speak my mind and I'm no one ever accused me of not of holding back. Let's put it that way. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm just like, Marissa's trying to gather her thoughts and like inject this, you know, I thankfully it was your, it was your sister, right? It was the, my sister. Yeah. She was, my wow. sister was the model. Thankfully it was your sister <laughs> because I'm over here like, but, 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 and what about, and, and Marissa's like, no, that's not how we do it. And I'm just like, but I learned this and I know this and I've seen it done like this. And Marissa's like, okay, Patty, run the camera or get out. <laughs> and so there was like some exchange on that. And we were just trying to figure out, okay, wait a minute. What are we teaching here exactly? Because I, well, first of all, I apologize because I should have waited to like have a moment and like, Marissa, what about this? And are we really teaching that? Or are we going to go down this road? And so on. we're very careful by the way of how we, teach these folks because there's all kinds of ways. And, I'll, and again, you're going to have a big, you know, aha and talk about all these different methodologies in just a moment. I really want to dive deep into that. Um, but as a spa, you know, manager, we have to be careful to not, it's almost like you, you kind of can be like 
your own um, worst enemy in some cases when you kind of know how to do things, but just because you, you can doesn't mean you should. And so we're always talking about like, how much do we want to really teach these um, most of the time off-label type of injectables? And, um, and in this case, we were talking about cheek lifts and doing some creative stuff that, by the way, we should not have been talking about. I should not have brought it up because we weren't doing that kind of training that day, but I was super curious because I had such great results from my cheek, you know, injections and so on. So on those notes and context and so on, Marissa, share some of the, like after, and even during this time, be as honest as you can be, even if you think it sounds brash or whatever, because you were frustrated and I want people to know that, you know, it's frustrating. Right. this kind of stuff going on in your head while you're trying to inject. Well, I've, I've taken my career over the last year, you know, thanks to you uh, to start training new nurses and training for injectables. And I'm still trying to find the best ways, the best techniques. I want to make sure that I'm training these brand new nurses or who are soaking everything in, trying Mm -hmm. to teach them in the right way. And this is, by the way, this is like a form of therapy. I think this is great. This is, gonna, this is, this is like all therapy. out on the podcast for everyone, for everyone to listen, whoever listens to our show. But I, at that moment, so to take it back, I was, I was injecting her marionette lines. She needed marionette line and chin. She did not need cheeks. Her cheeks were pretty full. She was, she's got great natural cheekbones and you actually did have a point about doing, doing the cheeks first, but I, when, when there's six models that are scheduled for the day, you just kind of like want to get through it, you know, and to have a conversation about cheeks lifting and all that. Yes. That, that came later or should have come later, or maybe should have been, I should have touched on it for, for, for her in particular, she, she, she didn't need lifting. She didn't need cheeks. She didn't need, she does need skin tightening. She needs to do some skin tightening treatments to help with her laxity, but we just were on such a tight schedule that, Oh, it was frustrating. Yeah. yeah, We just needed to, (laughs) we just needed to go right to it and inject her marionette lines. So, I mean, Patty interrupts me twice and, you know, saying, well, what about lifting and lifting? And I hate the word lifting with, with filler, because I feel like it's a little bit, um, it's a little unrealistic when have patients that are lifting up their face with their fingers and they I just want a little bit of lifting and, you know, it, it's a combination of different things happening. It's the fat pads that are, that are deflating and are, and are with gravity moving down. It's also skin laxity fillers can only do so much. It's, it, you have to integrate different treatments. You have to integrate skin tightening with fillers. And it's not just about filling, filling, filling. And I, I had told you during that training, I feel like the reason why we have so many overfilled faces and why so many cheeks are overfilled is for that reason. Mm-hmm. Feel cheek, 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 keep filling those cheeks. They're going to have that pillow face and it's going to look bad. It's going to look bad. And it's my, I, honestly, I hate it. I hate when I hear just fill those cheeks, fill those cheeks, and it's going to lift. So that's, that's how that went. Then afterwards, you know, we, we talked about it. You know, I, I just think that we, we're going to probably disagree on things. You're going to disagree with, 
you know, your colleague, your manager, your doctor. Yeah, I really want to make sure that that's, you know, really clear that, you know, you're not always going to be on the same page as, you know, the people Mm -hmm. that are even on your team, maybe the doctor, maybe, you know, in this case, I'm not a doctor or someone, but I even told Marissa, I said, if if there's ever a doctor in the room, you know, they're going to always be kind of having their say, because doctors are outspoken anyway. So it's like, okay, so how do we navigate this and make sure that we get on the same page? Um, I feel there's definitely a formula to it, but I'll let you keep going because you have a lot, a lot more to the story. Right. So after that, you know, I, <laughs> uh, I sent you a um, Instagram message about Dr. Subio, right. And about how he, he, Dr. Subio, if you know him, he's controversial, he's very outspoken. He does a lot of uh, animation. He does a lot of his own drawings and he's, for me as a visual learner, we should all be visual learners because we're artists, we're facial artists. Mm-hmm. For me, his stuff completely makes sense. So I thought, hey, I'm going to send this to Patty and show it to her so it can maybe explain it a little bit better. And, you know, for me, it was just a way to kind of get my point across. But either way, I think that going back to trainings, what, what I've learned, what trainings that I've been doing recently, it's so overwhelming. There's so much information out there, webinars, books, trainings after trainings. And we get a lot of trainings from our reps that are wonderful when we get them, but sometimes we're not going to agree with what that rep, what that rep or what that, not the rep, but the trainer that the reps brought in their way of thinking and their way of injecting is. So, and that's well, also that. On, on that, that social post was, yeah, I had never heard of this doctor. And so I, and I, that's my ignorance. I probably, he probably is great and has all these great methodologies, but he curses like a mofo in his post. And so I'm like, Marissa, you sent these to the nurses. This is not a case study. This is like some person going off about, you know, and then there was like the, the picture was like of an Asian woman with like no cheeks at all. And she, you know, bulbed up like a freaking tulip when they put filler in, in the pictures. And so I'm just like, this is not a real case study. What are we doing? And so we had some exchange on that. I was just like, future, can we please send the nurses that were training like actual case studies? I didn't realize it was from a doctor though. I thought it was just some nurse ranting about filler. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so we had, we had to like work through that, but then you had said something shortly after that, I'll let you get to your story about how you came to this. That was incredibly like it, it made me kind of pause and say, yeah, there is definitely some merit to us working through these pieces because I feel like so many people get caught up in this craziness of, am I doing this right? What's the rule? Is it black and white? Am I doing it wrong? I'm not cut out for this. Maybe all that stuff, all those voices that we hear. You had said recently that you had a chance to train with some real, like extraordinary women. And, um, and that you had to really come to a moment of like, where am I and what's my truth and what do I want to inject? And how do I want to do it? So share a little bit about then what happened after we had all our crazy and how you have kind of 
distilled through like even more information coming at. Right. So this this week I trained with Leslie Fletcher. She's a nurse practitioner out of Torrance, California. And then the day after that, I trained, well, it was more of a shadowing day sort of training with Lori Robertson, injection expert. Everyone knows who she is. Mm-hmm. Um, and I do a lot of these trainings. I mean, I think that our reps are very generous with who they bring in and, you know, the reps only have a certain amount of budget for the year and they will choose offices to bring in those big trainers if they're your good accounts and you have good relationships with them. I'm not sure all the, the logistics behind that, but the fact that we were able to train with Leslie, which was something that I didn't pay for, it was the, the rep paid for it, you know, Galderma, or I'm sorry, it was Allergan, Allergan paid for it. Um, she, I mean, she taught us all cannulas which the only thing that was under the, that was with the needle was under the eyes. And to be quite honest, I mean, I was not, I was not looking forward to that training because it was Allergan products. And it's not something that I I use a lot of. Um, I think that I've strayed away from it because of all of the reports of nodules that have been forming, but also not even just that, but Galderma products, Restylane, RHA, those products have been giving me very consistent results without any issues. And it was the times that I used the Juvederm, the Allergan products that I had issues, not so much nodules, but just patients being unhappy, migration, um, uh, early onset nodules. So I just started to use more Restylane. So, but, and I, (laughs) I kind of put up a fight when I was like, you know, I really don't know if I want to go because I'm not, I'm not a big Allergan user. And we have Allergan at our, the other office that I work at. And, but I, I knew that it was Leslie and I knew that she is, she is a rock star in this industry. Yeah. If you get the opportunity to learn from her. And I did, I learned a lot. I learned about, um, we really touched on a lot of like the consultation process and how you do six to eight syringes in a sitting or not maybe just that sitting, but you have them on a plan, you're doing two syringes each visit and just her way of talking with patients. And so I got a lot out of that, more of the consultation and a little bit of the injection technique, but you know, everybody injects so differently. And then the next day going to shadow Lori Robertson, which is something that I paid for. It was, um, I mean, I'll be quite honest, it was $1,500. So I paid that out of my own pocket to shadow her for the day and to follow her around, which that was something that I've been wanting to do uh, for a while because I know that she, she, she's somebody that I respect because I think our, our techniques and our, our style is very similar. She's also just a very genuine, good person. If you, you spend time with her and you talk to her, she actually really, she cares about her staff. The second you walk in, everybody is so warm and welcoming she has no drama. She has a staff of like, I don't even know how many people are in there, like 30 or 45 people. She has the whole aesthetic immersion studio that's set up like a movie studio on the side of her office. And everybody is just so friendly and welcoming. And her patients are also very, just so warm. She also does say that she will fire her patients if she feels like they're not a fit. And you know, I, I think that when you come to the point of when you're starting out, it's really hard to kind of weed those through because you want you want to 
build your clientele. But when you get to the point of Lori Robertson stage, I mean, you can charge for cons. She charges charges for consults. She, you know, she's happy to dismiss patients if she needs, um, which everybody should be doing if it's not a fit. But 100%. when I when I got home from training, shadowing with Lori, I it was about an hour and a half drive home. And I was just thinking, you know, I, I'm so lucky to be able to train with everybody that I've trained with and to have these reps bring in trainers, but it's also so overwhelming when you're learning different techniques, when one, and just a step back too. So Leslie Fletcher is a trainer for Allergan and Lori Robertson is a trainer for, um, for Galderma both completely different portfolios. They, I don't know if Leslie uses Galderma, but I know Lori does not use any Allergan products. So completely different products, completely two different opinions on different things. One thing that Leslie had mentioned was that, um, you know, something about neutralizing antibodies with Botox and then you can't, you can't build a tolerance to it. And I was just like, whoa, whoa, whoa wait, what? Like all of this that I've learned and I've been telling patients, you know, that I've heard at other trainings, I've been telling patients, you can build a tolerance to it. And then, and then I go and ask Lori what she thought about that. And she said, no, you could definitely build neutralizing antibodies. So it's just like, it's so you're just like caught in like a tug of war, (laughs) you know? So what, what my thoughts were in my head still kind of, my wheels are still turning over everything that I've been, I've been learning and soaking in, but the post that I made last night on my Instagram page and on my Facebook page was just about to new injectors and to those that are starting out and to ones that are still, you know, maybe five years into it and going to lots of trainings. I mean, it's so overwhelming and you're going to learn so many different things, but you really have to figure out what works for you and what you're comfortable with. It has to be patient driven to what you're seeing with patient results. And if you've, you've been injecting for a while and injecting for a few years, it's okay to not use a, diff, a new technique just because so-and-so is doing it. Um, so I, I was saying that I'm just, well, for everyone, you're staying true to yourself and staying true to what you've learned from the beginning, because then it can, you can kind of get, you kind of get lost. So you have to kind of come back to your center <laughs> And realize, okay, you know, I, I'm open to trying new things. I'll try it. I'll give it a try. I even told my manager up in my other office, okay, I'm going to think I'm going to try some allergen products, you know, and if I get one nodule, then <laughs> I'm done with it. But you have to, you have to definitely be open, but I don't, I think that it's hard to pick and choose, you know, what products to use, what techniques to use. And it's going to, I think it's going to be harder too for these new injectors you know, going to different things and, and going to different trainings and training from new people. I think the newer injectors are going to have a harder time. Yeah. I mean, and that's to be expected because there's as the industry, and we keep saying this over and over again, the industry is in its infancy stages, literally Botox just turned 20. So if you think about, you know, 20, when there's medications that have been around for, you know, hundreds of years, And, you know, technology and so on, when it comes down to this, it's still baby, baby. And so 
there's so many. Um, and, and if that's true, what else is true? You know, the, the med spa industry alone isn't much older than that. I mean, it's, it's very new. Um, and so imagine what it looks like for you to be talking to a 20 year old, do, do 20 year olds really know what they're talking about when it comes down to tried and true and life and life, you know, experience and all that? No, probably not. They're still, they're figuring it out. They're just coming out of their teen years. And I feel like the med spa industry is the same. And so for you to be an injector or a, even aesthetic practitioner in any way, shape or form, looking to get into this space, you're literally, literally having a conversation with a 20 year old at this point. Um, everybody's figuring it out. And that, and again, one of the reasons why I wanted to do this podcast and talk about this stuff is because, you know, Marissa and I have known each other for well over 10 years now and have, you know, great respect for each other, but we really bucked heads these last couple of weeks about like, weeks about like, what are we doing and how are we doing this? And, you know, what's our communication style to these nurses and everything. And I have kind of been in this boat before with um, colleagues and folks, you know, and so I kind of realized, you know, we have to, you know, this is all new and we're working through these pieces as we're franchising and I'm trying to standardize a lot of things, but Marissa's coming into this trainer space um, this year. And so there's a lot of pieces there that she's dialing in for her practice and how, you know, what she will, you know, be as a steadfast, what she'll have in her practice as a steadfast, what I will or will not do. We had an instant, in fact, during this whole time, we we're trying to figure out our trainings where we had some crazy ass patient come in oh, and stir up the whole mess for us even worse. <laughs> like a perfect storm, you know, a long, long two day training Four people caught COVID. So stress was high in April. Can I, can I touch on what would happen with that patient? Cause I think it's important for, okay, go ahead. So this patient who, uh, was a male patient in his probably late fifties. Uh, he came in to do some Xeomin and he was, you know, friendly cracking jokes. And, you know, just to, you could definitely tell he was, he, he was giving like creeper vibes a little bit, but <laughs> it wasn't until, so that visit he left and he didn't, he didn't make any comments when I was in the room with him. It was when he left and I overheard him telling our receptionist, Oh, by the way, my phone number, my, the last four digits are six, nine, six, nine. And I, I, I want to say, I heard a little piece of it, but anyway, our receptionist could probably tell you more. So anyway, went on about his way. And mind you, I think this patient has been coming to. Yeah, he's been with for years, like years. years. Yeah. Right. And had, I guess there hasn't been any issues. He decided to be a creep with us. Yeah. With me. So then he comes in saying he, he emailed saying that his Xeomin didn't work and that he. But he needed, did it in Taiwan or some of the. Yeah, years. no, yeah, no, he. he he got it like three, three years ago in Taiwan. And, and when he went to Taiwan, it worked a lot better. And he doesn't know, you know, he was like, so actually, you know, I ended up doing Disport on him because I told him, I think Disport is a better option for him. And I like Disport. I think, really I, think, I think it's important for also, if you happen to come across someone that does injectables overseas, guys, we have like a hundred products in the States here that are approved, FDA approved and all of that. These overseas countries have thousands and thousands. So just because they tell you they did one product does not mean it's the same as what we're injecting here. Just a side note. Yeah. So, he, so I, I actually was looking back at that and I think I probably underdosed him 
just based on how many units I was using. So he came back, he needed more. He didn't want to pay for more. He was saying, well, I did zoom in and Taiwan and, you know, I don't know. I, I wanted to zoom in, but you told me to do disport. And it was just a matter of him. He didn't want to pay for more. So I brought you in and then he proceeds to, you had left the room and I had had, this was the same day as the training, the on-site training. I had two brand nurses, new nurses with me, new injectable nurses. And he starts talking about how Anna Nicole was asking him about his boner. I don't know if that's okay to say on a podcast, <laughs> but, and then how it was right after the Oscars and um, what was the, he was saying something about how Leonardo DiCaprio was getting his someone's tongue shoved down an adult woman was shoving her tongue let's just like okay thank you okay i'm I'm like i'm getting down to the the details (laughs) so anyway i was i didn't know i was like mentally physically exhausted it was at the end of the two days of the training so i just redirected him i go "Whoa, whoa whoa like let's just redirect here let me just finish your treatment and you know i just i ended it and you know, that was, that was a challenge. And I, I went to Patty and I was like, Patty, I, I, you know, we don't come across that all the time. No, I wanted to make sure that I was teaching the nurses the right thing to say and how to handle that. Cause it's not something that we come across a lot. So yeah, that's what happened. Well, <laughs> and from my perspective, I had just, you know, finished up the, the training and I was, you know, kind of beat too. And so I'm catching up my my work that I would have done that day. And so I'm in the, in the office and all of a sudden there's like 12, there was 12 eyeballs, six girls in there. And we're talking through this and I'm like, what, huh? And so it's like a big, you know, situation to talk it out. And I'm just like, um, I need to actually get the full story. I'm going to call him and not to say that he was not inappropriate, but I need always looking out for, and this is something, the reason why I'm bringing this up is because, um, you're going to have challenges again with any type of client. We talked about the reason I, I feel it's relevant. You said, Lori will fire a client. Um, yes, we had to fire that client and we did fire that client. But before we fired that client, had I gone in and been like, you were appropriate, you need to get out of here and blah, blah, blah. Then easily guys, this client could have been like, oh, you know what? I'm going to go ahead and complain about something medical that they did wrong. And it's never about whether or not they're going to win or lose in court, because that's not how it plays out. It's the fight. And sometimes can be up to two years of you fighting for your license. So in this scenario, had I jumped all over this client and not had a chance to really like delineate, you know, what happened and okay, let me hear your side and let's, let's be, you know, adults about this and blah, blah, blah. What could have happened is that client could have come after Marissa's license and been like, this nurse doesn't know what she's doing. I'm going to go and do it. This guy's, a, you know, he's, he's high, he's high profile. He works in the industry, you know, in LA and there's, there's just clearly he's got, you know, he's at the Oscars. There's, there's connections there. So filing a lawsuit, causing problems, never at all a problem for these kinds of folks. Right. So we have to take the time to hear patients out, make those decisions and really be careful about how we navigate it. Because again, clearly she did nothing wrong. Had, you know, At the end of a lawsuit, it would be like, no nurse, you did everything right. But what did it take for that decision to be made? 
two, three years of defending a license, lawyer fees, everything else that goes along with the lawsuit. So, and not to mention the doctor's license online. So we have to be careful always what we decide on um, and how we play this out. And, you know, it was a mutual agreement, even though the client was with us for six years, I'm like, look, it's, you're making our, our nurses, you, what you said was not appropriate. You know, you made them uncomfortable. They were new nurses and the trainer's not happy and so on. So um, it's probably best if we just part ways and, um, and it was mutually agreed on. So there's no, no hard feelings, you know, it was fine. But in other circumstances, yeah, you definitely want to fire your clients with finesse and make sure that things are really well documented all along the way. In this case, we had lots of witnesses in the room, so that could have been easy to do. But, mm -hmm. um, but if you're by yourself, all of that. And then circling back to, to what you had trained on, Marissa, um, it is so important that as a new injector, as someone coming into aesthetics, we've said this before, that you interview your folks that are in charge, your doctor, your managers, you understand what is the play-by-play -play so that you can then have like the questions that, you know, are, are like today, I got a question from one of our nurses that just trained with you, Marissa, mm -hmm. and I have more than, you know, 45 minutes to do a lip fillers and fillers and stuff like that. I'm like, absolutely. You absolutely can take more time. We, we do not want you rushing through this. Mm -hmm. And, you know, once you're comfortable and you can zip through these treatments a little faster because you want to get more people in during your shift and all that, we'll taper that. But for now, yes, take more time. These are the conversations that you guys need to be having with your, before you take the job, before you're in a room with a needle in your hand and expected to, you know, make something happen. You need to know that your, your managers, your doctor, they're supporting you taking the time that you need and working through things and asking questions and all of it. Um, and then you need to make, you need to be thinking about what you talked about on your Instagram, Marissa, is being very true to who you want to be in this space and be vocal about it. Don't just hide it and be like, oh, I don't know if they're going to accept that from me. This is not a negotiable thing. I know that everyone holds this carrot over everyone's head be like injectables. We can teach you injectables. You'll learn, you'll be, you know, so, you know, just in demand and all this stuff. It's not, that's not the case. You will be in demand. You will be respected. You will be upheld. You will be credentialed based on how you show up and the standards that you have for yourself and that you understand that it is a partnership. It is a collaboration that you have with your superiors and the folks that are running those spas. It is not, you know, you're our employee, you're going to do as we say, and, and, you know, you can ask no questions. This is a different kind of field. Why? Because they may have that job, but they don't own your license. And so at the end of the day, you've worked for that license, you've paid a lot of dues for that license. And so your job is to protect that license. And that doctor, you know, may or may not uphold you in the best light. We don't ever know because there's a lot of people coming into this, again, it's a brand new industry, coming into this industry with weird ideas in reference to how they're going to make all this money and like, and get everybody booked out and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, no, take a moment, interview those folks, make sure that their intentions are truly to make a difference in people's lives. They're not just in it for the money and that you have a voice in the process and that you can really tease things out if, 
like we had to this these last few weeks. Again, it was a perfect storm, you know, and, and in the process, four, four of our nurses got COVID or it was just a mess. Yeah, I think um, it's hard to, I mean, I, I worked this dermatology office that I worked at. I'm not there anymore, but there were times where I was really in a really, really bad position as far as like putting my license at risk. And, you know, they didn't have providers that could do my good faith exams. They really made it, they made it easy for me to get investigated by the board, honestly. So, right. And I was, yeah, yeah, I was for some things for, with that office. Yep. And it's difficult when you're out of practice that, well, one, it's kind of, it's very, <laughs> it's not a, abusive, but it's, I don't want to put that word out there, but you know, they, they provided a lot of trainings. They paid for conferences every year. They provided, I learned so much there, but it was a toxic environment, you know, and I didn't want to leave. I, it was like, do I leave because, you know, they're putting my license at risk. And I also didn't, we were under investigation. So I didn't want to leave when all that was going on. Um, they probably actually probably wanted to fire me, but they, they, they couldn't because they could have, um, it could have been wrongful termination, I think, but it was definitely a difficult, it was just awful. Just thinking back at it. Um, there was a one, one doctor in particular who she just had it out for me. She didn't think that RNs should be injecting. She's from Florida, which in Florida, RNs can inject. I don't think they can operate a laser either, no, but she was, yeah. Yeah. So she was very much in that Florida mindset, you know, and she would, she would refuse to do good faith exams. She would lock me out of the provider's lounge on purpose. She went to the medical director saying that, I don't think that Marissa should be injecting. It was a radius, I think at the time. Um, so she just, I, I first, you know, and she was very nice to my face, but she did a lot of, you know, trash talking behind my back and trying to get me trying to lose my, she didn't want me injecting. So it was just, it's, it's a, it's a tough situation when you're out of practice that, you know, they're providing you with all these trainings and it's great. It's going to look great in your resume and you're going to go on and learn everything that you've, you've, you've learned there, but then it's also very, um, toxic. Well, and I mean, on that note that you do get a little PTSD from those scenarios, you know, Marissa and I, you know, recently just talked about our working relationship. Now imagine coming out of, you know, an, uh, basically an abusive marriage and then trying to have a normal, you know, working relationship. You carry a little bit of like anxiety, right? There's oh, for sure. scars there. Oh, and yeah. so when we had our conversation, I had to take a step back and be like, okay, let's reflect here. You are not working for, you know, the spa, our spa as an, you know, as someone that we tell what to do. You have your practice, you have your own business, you have your training business. You have, and, and again, it takes a minute to wrap your head around again, your value and what you have to offer and uphold yourself in this light. And I promise you, promise you, promise you, if the organization is legit and respects people and they will appreciate you actually holding your ground on this stuff, as long as you come at it from a point of view is like, I want this to be a win-win for both of us. And so um, it's, it's a conversation of how am I showing up? Am I showing up as someone that is feeling already kind of beat down and feeling like maybe like our disagreements are beating me down worse? Or am I showing up as, you know, an equal colleague that wants to bring value to this practice with my, you know, skills and expertise 
And then I expect the same, you know, respect and uh, value to be reciprocated to me. And then we can then find that middle ground that works well for both of us. Those are two different mindsets. And so um, as we're working through like our training program, again, our training program is very new. Um, it's, it's, uh, we're in the process of just now franchising, getting everything lined up. And so we're working through the bugs and we're just being an open book with you guys so that you guys can see behind the, the curtain. It's not all beds and roses, you know, there's a lot involved. Yep. But the number one thing is communication and respect for each other and understanding that we're not always going to see the same things. We're not always going to you know, put things in the same boxes, but we can come to a place of clarity, understanding. And even if it's not always a fit, you know, for each other's businesses, each other's paths, at least there is a mutual agreement that maybe it's not a fit right now, but we respect each other, blah, blah, blah. We can always, you know, come back and circle back around maybe years from now, who knows? Um, and so all of these conversations, and, and I guess the one of the, again, to reiterate, we want you to come into this aesthetic space with that frame of mind. I'm coming in as someone that's planning to bring value to the table. And even if you're learning and you don't know anything, in the back of your mind, you need to be thinking, you know, yes, I'm a newbie. Yes, I've got a lot to learn. Yes, I'm going to make mistakes. But I want to be in a, in, a, in a space where I am able to make those mistakes, own those mistakes, try to fix them, make them better, but also looked at as someone that is not just going to be told you're going to do this and you're going to do this. And if you don't, you know, you're, you're out of here kind of thing. And lots right. of pieces to that. So you can get definitely PTSD from those types of toxic environments. And there's a lot of really good med spas out there though, that are not like that. I want to, yeah, I mean, if you can, if there's an opportunity for you to shadow for a day, uh, before you're off, before you're offered a position, not, not the shadowing that I did with Lori, but if you're being considered for a position at an office, ask it, ask them if you could do a shadow day, just yeah. to kind of see how they work and function. You will see a lot in that first yeah. just in one day, how they communicate. You can feel the energy. You can see any, any toxic behaviors, um, I'm, I think all of us can be, um, learn within a, an hour or so to see just even the small interactions. Yeah. And how the clients um, are acting when they come in, do, are they excited mm -hmm. to see the people there or are they like, Oh, I'm here again kind of thing. Right. Or things are a mess. If it's unorganized, if yeah. everybody's stressed, you'll be able to see that. hundred percent. And that we, we offer those shadow days too, to any new hires. And in fact, um, we just did a round of hiring out in Houston and we're like, you need to come in and actually experience the spa and get a feel for who we are and what the vibe is here, because we're really particular about that. You know, we call ourselves loose lounge because it's all about spreading light, spreading goodness. And yes, we have difficulties and yes, we have problems and we have, you know, differences of opinion. And we do have moments where it's just not a fit anymore. And, you know, we're, we no longer work with certain people or even clients. Those moments are going to be everywhere, but it's how you take away from those. It's like, okay, did we grow from this? Are we, you know, are we building on policies? Are we helping people actually see opportunities to grow? Or are we just, you know, ripping, you know, off band-aids and be like, nope, 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 this is all wrong, blah, blah, blah. And I feel like if you if you're in an organization that is trying at least to align in those in those ways, then you have room for growth. You will do well, even if it's you know slow. You'll still do well, and you'll you'll walk away one day, which is not forever, and nobody's anywhere forever. 
but you'll walk away one day thinking, okay, I got some good value from that. I learned, I grew and, um, and I don't have PTSD. Yeah. And I also think too, it's important to communicate your needs to them. Once you've been there for a while, yeah, you know, communicate your needs. I'll, I'll tell you, um, I think I told you this. I don't think I did. So one of the office, the other office that I work at, I had asked them, I wasn't allowed to post anything to social media. Okay. Mm. The patients were their property of the doctor and the office and they, they wouldn't allow me. So I approached them after 15 months of being there, would they be willing to let me post? You know, I think I've, I've proven my trustworthiness and my skill and mm-hmm. my knowledge with social media. So they were open to work with me instead of, instead of being like, Oh, you know, they won't, they won't let me do it. They haven't let me do it. I'm going to go find somewhere else to work. I talked to them and they're willing to work with me. So I think communication is so, so important to what, tell them your needs and your wants. Sorry, my notifications, um, your needs and your wants. And if there's something that you're not happy with, there's ways that you can communicate all of it out and talk it out and see if they're, see if they're willing to work with you before you try moving on to another job. Yeah. So anyhow, hopefully that shed a little light, um, no pun intended, but not really, um, for you guys and helped you kind of navigate these next steps. Um, again, don't take any of it to heart. If it's not a fit right away, if it's, if you need to keep looking, um, all of that, it's part of the process and you're dealing with people that are like 20 years old in the business. So not, we're all still learning. We're all still building and there's still a lot of, of work to be done. Um, anything else, Marissa, before we wrap? I do want to say one more thing for new injectors that are listening, that are looking for training courses, whether it's hands-on or online, I would recommend looking at who those trainers are, who they work for, if they have any um, disclosures, if they're paid by a certain company to train for, because that will that has a lot of influence on how they train the products that they train with, mm-hmm. you know, whether they're Allergan or Galderma, but also follow them on social media, look at their work, look at their style, their techniques, the way they talk to patients. If it's not somebody that you think that you want to learn from, don't train with them or the opposite. If you think that you, you align with them, your thoughts and your ethics are the same, the way that you approach things are the same seek out those trainers instead of just going with who is popular or who has the best prices. I think that's really important. Yeah. Yeah. All good points. All right, guys. Well, thank you so much for joining us and we look forward to more uh, knowledge here in the near future. So until next time, take care. Bye.